0: What's up, fellas? Hopefully your seasons are going well, or uh, I know in some states your seasons are just starting. uh, And then I guess in other states, hopefully you guys are getting ready for the start of your seasons. Um, We've got a really cool code over at uh, the QB school. You can use the code RTP10, and you guys get a 10% discount off JTO Sullivan's course on Teachable. Uh, and That's the QB School at Teachable. Uh, he breaks down all coverages and how to defeat every coverage. It's great for me as an offensive line guy because it taught me uh, a ton. So Again, you guys can use that at Teachable. Uh, the QB School, RTP10, gets you 10% off that course. Um, also, you guys can go check out everything that we're doing over at runthepower.com. That's videos, our podcasts, our merchandise, uh, everything over there at runthepower.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at just play the team at just play hooked us up with their product as you guys know uh, and it's been a game changer for us if you've seen us on twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all we obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes as you guys know power counter inside zone pin and pull uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive that's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited-time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my just play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a -a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R, dot com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Matt Lasker. Coach Lasker is the AD head coach and offensive coordinator for the San Ramon Valley Thunderbirds, a youth football and cheer organization for seven to 14 year olds in Alamo, California. Listen, as we talk to Coach Lasker about developing athletes and coaches using the Air Raid principles and concepts in middle school and youth football. You don't want to miss this one, guys. You can follow Coach Lasker on Twitter at Matt Lasker. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: Yeah, so thank you both for, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, big fan of the show, listen to, to the podcast all the time. So, my name is Matt Lasker. Uh, I am currently the athletic director and um, head coach uh, for the Ceremony Valley T Birds. It's a nonprofit organization, football and cheer. It's been around since uh, 1959. We just last year celebrated our 60th anniversary, did a had a, had a lot of really great celebrations, even had the, the, uh, the founder, who's, who's well into his 80s now, come to our celebration. But, so, uh, it's, a t- Ceremony Valley T-Birds, again, has been around for, for 60 years, going on to 61. Um, I actually played T-Birds as, as a kid, that's actually where my football journey began, and it's kind of come full circle. So, luckily enough, I, I had some success at the high school level out here. I, I live in Northern California, Play, grew up in, this, in playing in the same league as De La Salle, just so you guys could get a sense of where, where we live in the world, Northern California, about 45 minutes east of San Francisco. Um, grew up in San Francisco, but moved out to the East Bay uh, for high school. Was lucky enough to have some success and go up to the University of Nevada to play football in the mid-90s. Um, I just missed um, the, the Hall of Fame coach, Chris Alt. He uh, obviously made that University of Nevada program what it is, um, started way back in the 80s doing that. He was the athletic director when I was there, um, very involved with the teams. But when I got there in 96, that offense, it, it was kind of a run and shoot type of offense, a single back for the mid-90s. That was pretty, pretty early on. Those offensive stats, when you open the, uh, the stat sheet, the, the offensive stats were always up in the top five against those uh, Charlie Ward, Florida state teams. And obviously, you know, we're playing in the, in the big West. So huge difference in, in talent, but there was division one and, and it's really cool to see it. You know, those offensive numbers against those, those big nineties passing teams like, like those Florida state teams. So um, played my college ball there. Um, I got injured. Uh, University of Nevada was amazing. Still honored my scholarship. Um, when I got done with school, I, I thought I was going to coach, but I, you know, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of guy. I started having kids and got married um, and, uh, you know, came back to the Bay area and all my friends are, are in, you know, working at technology companies down here. So um, I kind of went all in with the family and just trying to get my life in order, got away from football. And then, on, uh, and then when my kids starting, started to get to the point where they could play football and do cheerleading, about three or four years ago, um, I found my way back to, to coaching. And it's like riding a bike, guys. I'm, I'm sure you guys experienced it. You know, I had been away from the tackle field for some time. Um, but once I started getting out there on the field and, and kind of barking, um, it, it all came back to me. And it was like uh, kind of coming home for me. So that started my journey with back again with T-Birds as a, as a head coach um and uh, and yeah so i've been uh, been a head coach at various levels at this uh, t-board organization from the little guys uh, the six seven and eight year olds we want to we won a championship running split back veer uh, a lot of de la salle ties here for those younger teams and then this last year i coached the uh the eighth grade 14 and under team um and we went full air raid last year uh and we'll get into all that i hope in a minute here, but, uh, but yeah, we had a lot of success with the air raid. And I, I, you know, I grew up in the wing T uh, in, in my high school days and, and before that, uh, but I, I've come to really appreciate that offense. And, and for us, uh, it's, it's an offense that we can use to, to get kind of spread the ball around, get the participation numbers back up hopefully with youth sports. And then you know first and foremost, make sure these kids are having fun uh, throwing the ball around and, and doing it on the field with, with pads on uh, and get, getting them ready for their high school experience. And out here, besides De La Salle, there's predominantly spread offenses out here. So, really want to get them coached up. But yeah, that's where I am now, coaching uh, at the Saramon Valley t birds and, and trying to help other middle school coaches um, get ready to run the spread if, if that's what they want to do.
0: So, coach, my question, because it sounds a little bit different than here in Oklahoma, is is the eighth grade um is that like that no one goes to their middle school's eighth grade team um because like like i said here in oklahoma completely different small state or what but you know in eighth seventh grade everyone's in an organization that is they're with you know it's it's elementary little league but you still have to stay with your school so there's a broken arrow first through seventh grade and they're really not a part of broken arrow but they're they have to be in the Broken Arrow section of it. And then in eighth grade, they have, you know, middle school, they do play for Broken Arrow. In ninth grade, they play for the intermediate. Then they get to go play for the high school. How does – just because I'm ignorant of, of how it's done other places, how does that, how does that work for you guys out, out where you are in California?
1: Yeah, no, and that's a great call-out because through my journey um, of trying to put these videos out on, on YouTube and getting coaches just the ability to run the spread – Uh, We started a little round table and I'm talking to coaches throughout the country. And yeah, I found that it's super unique that, uh, that we run, most people kind of see it as a quote unquote rec league. We don't see it as a rec league because to us that kind of implies it's just like for fun or whatever. We take it very serious, but yes, it it sounds like most of the world or most of our United States, there's middle school teams that are, that are attached to actual schools themselves. I love, uh, I love uh, that show on Netflix. friday night tykes it sounds like they have that as well um but uh but yeah so ours is an independent organization the league we play in is a bunch of independent uh c501 c3 uh nonprofits, uh and we we all play each other so we are not attached to a middle school in particular uh no no middle schools here have tackle football there are flag footballs and they have they compete against other other middle schools but no here uh Middle schools do not have their own tackle teams. It is all done through independent organizations, and then we form leagues throughout. And like I said, it's been been that way since the 60s or mid late 50s out here.
0: I got you. So, so when, you know, like you said, you've got kids from fifth grade up to eighth grade or maybe even below fifth grade, does I, – I, I'm now kind of envisioning like it is here in Oklahoma with soccer. There's like these soccer clubs. They just have different grades. Um, yep and let me know, obviously, if that's way off, but that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know, it sounds like. So is your eighth grade offense, is that comparable to the T-Birds fifth grade offense? Does it build off of it? Or is each separate coach his own thing? How does that work between the grades?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. And and that is, that's something that we are actually so actively trying to, trying to create uh, some synergy. So just to answer your question about the level. So like it goes six, seven, eight year olds, six, seven and eight year olds is the lower division, right? Uh, Eight, nine, 10 is the next division up. Uh, The easiest way to say it is there's a eighth grade team, which is typically eighth graders, but they're kind of 14, 12 year olds, to fourteens. And then there's a a sixth and seventh grade, which is kind of 12 and under. So there's four different levels. Um, And, you know, in the past, they each team like each head coach has been able to kind of choose what they want to do um, it's worked out pretty well because uh we've had some really great football minds out here like i said there's a lot of connections to de la salle here but there's also some other great high schools my alma mater which were, where we practice, monta vista um where zach ertz actually went to high school here in danville um they they run a little bit more of an air raid spread type of offense uh, but yeah so previously it's it, it's been kind of every head coach gets to choose what they want to run um, with the success we've had in air raid and the and, and it, the numbers impact it's already given us in a short time here uh, getting interest from basketball type of kids and soccer player types of kids and and not just the traditional you know like a a tailback or a fullback or a, or a wildcat quarterback who dominates the ball in youth football for the most part you know kids are seeing us throw the ball around like, like they see on a seven-on-seven seven field or a flag field. Um, and so we are now incorporating it. We started spring ball not too long ago with both the seventh and eighth grade teams running air raid. I was – you know, we have the core teachers of it, uh, myself and some other coaches that did it last year together, and we're going to do it for the middle school teams. Uh, and There are definitely some nuances to it that can be done at the, at the lower levels with the true youth teams, like the, the fifth grade team and the fourth grade team, there's a few little things that we think we can start to at least incorporate, like taking, uh, taking easy yards. If, if, a, if a receiver doesn't have a cornerback within seven yards of them, we're going to do that at every level. They're just going to, no matter what play we call, we're just going to throw it out there and get them, get them in space. So there's little things we can do with the longer, younger levels, just so they can start to understand the philosophy behind the air raid. Uh, but to answer your question in a very long-winded way, the, uh, the middle school teams are going to go full air raid from here on out. And then the younger guys, um, you know, we really encourage the triple option. A lot of people call the air raid the triple option of the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, we love the triple option split back veer, not only because we have great teachers of it from the De La South ties, but also because it's very much the same thing, right? It's, these kids can do it at a young level, you know, hand the ball on a quick dive, decide to keep it or even pitch it. So um, there, there's definitely some ties between the two, but that's something that as a program we are really focused on right now is trying to solidify, you know, that that philosophy throughout the whole organization.
0: I think that's interesting, not just for, you know, the the lower age level coaches, but for high school coaches across the country because, you know, like a Broken Arrow where we're at, we've got a ninth grade and an eighth grade program. and And I think every high school, you know, that has that, would obviously love to think that their eighth grade's running their exact offense with the exact terminology and the exact defense, but there's also right. something to be said about that coach wants to coach as well. That eighth grade coach is in coaching because he enjoys coaching, uh, and, and he may be in love with some other type of offense or some other, you know, whatever his thing is that he really, really enjoys. And and it's almost like, you know, I think there's always the big argument between coaches. Well, do we force feed our offense or our defense down to the eighth Mm. grade level? Or do we allow that coach to, or is it better for them to do a little bit different than we're doing, but that coach have a lot of passion um, and expertise about what he's teaching, which, you know, I I don't know necessarily there's a right or wrong answer, but it's always an interesting argument for me that comes up, or, or at least that I think of in my mind, because, hey that guy wants to coach and and do his thing as well as long as maybe we get some of the major principles that we have we need to also allow those that other level coaches to um, truly enjoy and I think that probably comes out in and how they coach if they love it and enjoy it and buy into it
1: yeah no that's a huge point and I think um these, you know, you see a lot of volunteers in high school, but uh, at this level, at the youth level and middle school, it's 100% volunteers, right? So, you know, you can't, you can't force feed any coach to do exactly what, what you want. You know, it's all kind of volunteer. Um, we've been lucky enough to where we have a lot of like-minded people so we can sit in a room and, and talk back and forth. But yeah, there's no doubt, you know, the passion is is number one for for this whole thing, right? Like, you coach football because you love it. Um, and we actually try to, we try to put a rule in where you can't coach your own kid just so we can weed out the coaches that are only doing it for the, uh, the daddy ball thing. Uh, and for the most part it works out, but yeah, we want to find coaches that have passion for it. You know, most of us grew up in a, in a run dominant offense and most of us only played, you know, through high schools and that was their experience. And and so, you know, one of the main factors of me kind of releasing this, uh, this webinar series was just to enable these coaches. Like, you know, I grew up in the wing tee. We ran some veer, had success with it growing up. And I, I started looking around when I got to this, when I knew I was going to take over this eighth grade level. I said, man, I see these kids out on these flag fields and seven on seven fields slinging the ball around. Like, why, why can't we do that with pads on? And I, I, I became convinced that we could. And so. You know, I started researching online what, what spread offense was about. You know, we, we ran our version of the spread at Nevada. But, you know, I, I, was, I was 17, 18 years old when that was happening. So I wasn't really digging in like I probably should have. And so I found guys like Ron Mackey. I know you guys have interviewed Ron Mackey and, and Coach mm-hmm. George, George Coulthrop with the 92 Mesh Group and, and Coach Salas. And they have so much content out there. that's It's free. And I just was like consuming every bit of it. And I started listening to all your guys' your podcast. And Ryan Partridge is out here. He grew up in this area. I know you interviewed him from out here in Brentwood, California. Um, so there's just so much great content between what you guys do and, and these specific air raid coaches that I was able to educate myself enough. And, and I think just giving these coaches the ability to, if, if they do want to learn more about the spread event, just go somewhere, find it. And, and see that it's, that it's extremely uh, easy to, to install. And, and if you just get the, the practices down, your kids will pick up on it. There's no doubt that they can do it at the sixth, seventh and eighth grade level. I, I don't have any doubt about that anymore. So it's just more about giving them the, the option. And that's what I really wanted to try to accomplish, right?
2: Coach, that's awesome. I think, you know, you, you talk, people talk about, you know, the air raid system. And again, you know, football coaches instantly just go to what are the past concepts? You know, what, what are we going to be running? Where I think, you know, you guys have, have had a chance to really dive into it. And, and really, it's about how you practice it. I mean, there's a, a specific yeah. style and then the, the way that kids get reps and the skills. Can you talk a little bit about how you've had to modify it maybe for some of the younger kids or is it something like, man, we really haven't had to modify it much at all. We maybe just cut out a couple of things here and there. Our kids do the drills and then, hey, man, we're rolling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cool thing is is that I stole Coach Salas' three-day install plan directly for him, from him. I stole Ron Mackey's the way he runs stick and corner. I took Patrick Taylor's uh, all verts or four verts and, and implemented exactly the same um, we run Settle and drill every day of practice. We run routes on air and Pat and Go every day of practice. I mean, we are an air raid team. The only thing that I did was just shrink the playbook even more. Like, I'm sure you guys have heard these air raid guys say, we have a small playbook. I only have 20 plays. I only have 18 plays. We only have 11 plays. We have three drop back game, two – or I'm sorry, two drop back game, three quick game. Uh, quick screens and, and, and three runs. And so that's where I have modified it a little bit, just to literally have the, the fewest amount of plays possible. And once they learn those core plays, uh, then we can, you know, we can tag a, a receiver here or tag a receiver there. When we see a look that we want to attack, uh, we can make adjustments on the fly. So really the shrinking of the playbook even more, which is a total air raid thing anyway. And then, Instead of like highlighting, I know a lot of air raid coaches will their outside receivers are kind of, the, uh, especially that the one on the far right. We call them R, but uh, that's another way we simplified it. There's an L receiver and an R receiver. On the outside they don't leave that area. They're they're masters of those positions. Uh, but their uh, Z, in the in the traditional air raid, is is kind of a guy they put all over the field. We've kind of created a three man game between the two slot receivers and the running back. So it's they're they're really short, five to ten yard passes, no matter what. Um, and so that's a little bit of a modification as well, to where we want to kind of keep it. Those receivers that are closest to the quarterback, kind of getting the majority of the quick screens and, and and the swing routes and whatnot. Don't get me wrong, our our outside receivers had 400 yards receiving each this last season, so they get balls too. But um, but yeah, those are the, those, the little little modifications here and there. But for the most part, you know, our if you went to our high school, Vista's high school air raid practice, and then went to ours, it looked pretty similar to be quite honest.
2: I love all the stuff. I mean, I, I've i been in pro style schemes. I've I've run versions of the air raid and and literally the drills you talk about, I mean, to me are the, the same drills I use with, you know, the receivers we use now, just for the simple fact that, you know, you talk about the number of reps guys get from the noose drill, from pat and go, you know, from routes on air and you have, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have multiple QBs throwing it out there. I mean, To me, that was the the best part of everything was when I'm I'm developing a next level of receivers and you guys are living in the developmental football age, what better way to do it? You know, and you said it earlier, you know, hey, it's not my 200-pound eighth grader that gets the ball every time and runs through everybody. You know, we're in it to make sure all 11 guys and then the next 11 guys all learn how to play football and all learn how to play their position. And to me, those drills allow you to do it. We're still doing them today.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, and, and just to piggyback off of what you said, um, I, I've been getting asked questions from coaches around the country um, and, and they're like, okay, well, what, 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 what do we have to do? Is it, is it run stick or, or run corner? You love corner. Cause you know, in, in middle school, there's only one high safety for the most part. And I go, don't worry about that. let focus on practice, focus on the practice plan. None of this matters. Uh, unless, unless you're practicing it right. And that is like the number one thing I'm trying to tell, you know, no matter what offense it is, uh, wing T or flex bone, you got to go all in with the practice. So if you're going to do this, you know, get the practice plans. We got them directly from the right people. I didn't just make this stuff up uh, because, you know, one day I felt like, oh, we can do it this way. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to to get as many balls thrown by these quarterbacks before they get to high school, and as many catches. So we, you know, the way you're describing it, and the way we do routes on there. There's literally five on every every single rep. There's five quarterbacks passing. There's six receivers, including the running back, getting a ball on every single rep uh, during routes on iron practice. And you know, not only is it great for them, but parents that are watching our practices are mind blown because they're they're like, what what is it this is high school or college I'm like and I just keep telling them your kids can can do it um there's no question that was my biggest pushback beforehand kind of the old school coaches not really believing that these young kids can do it through a whole game or let alone a whole season catch and throw consistently but I I mean I've just been around too many good athletes and we we are talent rich area so um but yes to your point you can't you can put as many pass plays in the, in your repertoire as you want, but if you don't practice and get the reps um, it's, it's, you're not going to have the success and that is where it all starts and ends with me. So thank you for making that point. Cause I, I definitely wanted to to make that point with the coaches listening today.
2: Uh, and that was to be my question. And saminio I mean, you know, having five quarterbacks, do you guys have some sort of a, a rotation, you know, is it something where, you know, maybe the, those quarterbacks play another position as well, how do you kind of manage that knowing that, you know, kids are in your program, you're going to develop, and then at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that everybody does play. Yet, yes, we all want to win titles. Yes, we want to win championships, but at the end of the day, somebody's in my program, we want to have them on the field because that's going to ultimately perpetuate them continuing to play the game of football.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we definitely didn't have five quarterbacks last year, and it's a little tough at this age because for the most part, there hasn't been many seasons where it wasn't kind of obvious to everyone not just the coaches who the starter was so you know we definitely you know so last year in rotsenare we had two or three quarterbacks throwing and then two coaches filling in so those other two or three receivers could could get a ball on on that rep so you got um, to stay yes, in shape def- right <laughs> yeah i don't know about me i have i got lucky i have we have some really great coaches Uh, out there that can throw actually have a quarterback coach that used to play at university of Pittsburgh in the nineties as well. Um, so he, you know, it's nice to have guys like that around our area. Um, but yeah, so uh, we definitely are developing kids. We typically the, you know, that we'll pull a backup last year, it was a receiver, our starting, our one of our starting receivers was our backup quarterback. So we'd pull him back and then rotate him, you know, through the, through the, uh, the passing, Uh, drills for sure um this year as i said we're trying to do it from a program perspective so we're we're strongly considering having both the 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 two oldest teams practicing together i know a lot of jv and and varsity high school teams do that the more i've researched it so i don't see why we can't do it and have truly four or five quarterbacks rotating without the coaches having to uh, get sore arms or pull a calf muscle somehow from (laughs) from throwing in a junior high uh junior high practice. But yeah, I mean, we, we make a point, uh, obviously with receivers, we're, there's never going to be a shortage of who wants to play receivers. So those kids are getting reps and we're really, you know, each of these positions has like five routes maybe. So they are mastering these routes. They're going to get to high school with an idea of how to settle an open grass, how to understand if someone's chasing you, you keep running. If, if you're in between two linebackers, sit down and, and throw your hands up, you know, and, and they're going to really understand. How to, how to play receiver at that next level. So we're excited about that. Quarterback's a little more difficult, right? It's a certain skill set. But uh, one thing I do want to stress about quarterbacks at this level, because it's another common question, is like, what if we don't have a prototypical quarterback? Um, and it's, it's kind of hard for me to say this to people because our, our film that I've put out there is we have a really <laughs> legitimate quarterback throwing the ball around. So it makes it look like, like I'm full of it. But honestly, like if you can just get a kid that, that obviously loves football, maybe a little bit more than most kids that understands the game, maybe a little bit more and can throw 15 to 20 yards like that's all you need. Um, and so if we can find two or three of those kids at every level and have them wrap it out through training camp and, and into the season, uh, I believe it. You can plug in you can plug in a, a bunch of kids. You know, they're not all going to be exactly the same and throw up the same stats, but I'm confident we will be able to move the ball with a kid that has a football IQ and can throw 15 to 20 yards I'm confident it's going to we're going to do some big things on the field and they're going to have a fun doing it
0: so coach when you work with these offense alignment you know as, as they move up the, the big you know obviously there's a, there's you know two or three big different ways probably maybe probably more than that air raid as far as their, mm. you know that talking pass protection but even the bigger jump for me is if your lower grade level is is split back veer and then you go from that which is so run heavy i mean it, the stance is and, and i'm sure you guys have found ways to counter this so that's why i'm curious but at least thinking of like my coach i work with that played at pitt state when they were split back veer, they were toes in you know knees in and their stance all their weight forward they're falling forward um and then that kid graduates up to um the air raid time and now you know air raid when you think of it is two-point stance high two-point stances, maybe even back pedal pass protection and it's very pass protection heavy how do you guys mold those two together how does all of that work for you guys
1: yeah and that's a great question and great insight because i think we're still in the in the midst of molding it um we have great great O-line coaches and their De La Salle guys. And, and honestly, they were my first conversation when I took over that team. I wanted, I wanted to retain them. And they've been calling the split back fear at this eighth grade level for a decade with success, right? We win, we win titles. They've been in that title game and the last 10 years before I got there last year. So there's, you know, it was a, it was a conversation that needed to happen. Um, but I wanted these guys around because they have such great knowledge. Um, And so it was a transition for all of us uh, to really get in their heads about pass pro. Um, So yeah, we, we last year, we did a, we did half slide um, with the line and kind of a kick, a kick slide out um, as far as pass pro goes. Now the thing about it is is that we have, we see 95% of the time a five man front every time we saw a few, a few six man fronts. We saw a four, four, Twice the first game of the season and the last game in the norcal title game, and so it's typically So technically, even if you call it a slide, half slide, both full slide, whatever you want to call it, it's five on five. It's I mean it's one on one, big on big, right? And then in some in some of these situations, we'll have the uh, the running back check swinging or, or staying in depending on the situation if we need that need that help. Uh, but in the end, it really is about teaching the techniques to where these guys need to survive one-on-one because it is going to be that right so this year you know i've been doing a lot of research on it it's it's my biggest um thing that i need to focus on in this off season is, is solidifying the o-line pass pro because um after doing some research uh, we are going to go to as you described the vertical set i think we're only going to do a two-step uh, vertical set. I don't think these guys can get back for four. Uh, but like, uh, Shane Dular is a air raid guy that's out there. Um, there's a lot of great O-line stuff and he's actually going to come on our round table next Monday. and talk to the coaches about that, but, um, but yeah, so we're evolving. I, I don't want to, you know, blow smoke and, and say we're perfect at it. Um, that is, you know, one of the things that, you know, you definitely want to think about before you do this, but, um, we, we are, we are excited about it. It wasn't a huge deal last year. These kids, in the end, I think we were able to teach them the right, you know, how to sit back, uh, engage, you know, get a little space and engage and then kind of get run over slowly for, for lack of a better term. I think, you know, this year we're really going to hone in on it. I'm going to coach O-line this year predominantly now that I have some other guys that have learned the air raid. you um, can, can coach up the receivers and quarterbacks a little bit more. I'm going to focus on O-line because I think it's obviously it all starts and stops with O-line play, uh, especially at this level. And I think there's some really cool things out there and some resources behind it. Uh, We're going to do a two-step vertical drop and try two to three foot splits. We'll see about the three foot if we can get out there, but, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's definitely in progress and, but I'm excited about it because it's, it's something that uh, I love. I love coaching O-line. So I'm going to do that this year.
0: Are you guys going 2 point or 3 point stance?
1: Oh yeah, so sorry. Yes, we're going to do 2 point stance this year. We had done 3 point stance last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't we didn't adjust that. Um, but yeah, we're going to go 2 point stance and and just get after it. Um, last year we did start this season I still I was trying to mold split back veer, shotgun and the, and the air raid. And so we we're still kind of trying to 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 mix it at the beginning of the season. Sure. Um, but, yeah, this year we're going to go two-point.
0: You know, that's kind of cool. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the, the uh, vertical pass set. But before I forget, you know, I think it's really cool being able to, with the younger groups, teach them, you know, three-point stances, very run-heavy schemes, uh, almost a completely different offense. And then, at least for the kids, it's awesome that then when they get older – they learn to play out of a two-point stance. They learn a very pass-heavy offense. So now when you send them off to their high school, wherever that may be, they've got some foundations in all different, you know, offenses that, that span that, that gap from, you know, two-back beer to air raid principals. And they've got everything in between and can kind of mold their game off of whatever they found worked best for them or whatever their high 100%. school is. Yeah,
1: and we feed we – there's kids that went to five different high schools um, last year from our, from our organization. So there's three real dominant ones. De La Salle is one of them, but uh, yeah, they're going to all different offenses. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, the best of both worlds and we can, they can hit the high school having learned different styles, different techniques and, uh, and philosophies to be quite honest and see what happens from there. But uh, yeah, it's a it's pretty cool experience to be at this level doing that.
0: So coach, what I was going to say about, vertical pass sets what i always found helped me and, and i was never coached like this but for whatever reason that helped me and it's probably you know it may just be more of a high school level but um we did we were taught to back pedal like three or four times and to me it became too much uh, we were i was getting bull, bull rushed way too many times and couldn't mm. set anything down so i molded my personal one into being like a half back pedal half regular kick slide. And so oh, I, we would I would backpedal inside, outside, inside, and then turn it into a normal pass set. And so, like you know, that. my whole goal was get that third step in the ground before any contact. As long as I can do that, now I can turn it into a regular pass set. And again, I don't know if if you know at, at what level, and I haven't worked with lower levels enough to know, even if high school levels to know if they're have the coordination to be able to do two separate types of pass set. But to me, it got the best of both worlds. I always thought of air raid, you know, um, vertical pass sets as we're just trying to bring the line of scrimmage here, and now it's back here three yards. Well, that right. got me doing that with with the vertical part of it. But then I was still backpedaling and trying to. So for, for whatever reason in my mind, it helped me do that, then turn it into a regular kick slide like I'd been used to and now felt a little more comfortable in it. I don't know if that's because I started with kick slide, then went into vertical sets, but that always helped me out a ton. I love that.
1: I love that. I might have to uh, pick your brain on that at some other point or bring you on our little show because offensive – I mean, like I said, we're, this is all in theory. We still haven't even done it. So the more we can kind of hash it out beforehand, and I love that idea because, yes, I don't think they'll be able to get back and be in balance after, after four steps. Um, but. Uh, yeah, whatever they can get. I mean, if you get that third step, and that's kind of their post step, kind of set the tone there, and then go from there. I really like that idea. So cool, man. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I don't know how much it worked. It just worked for me personally. I've never used it even with my kids, or uh, I never told anyone else uh, at, at <laughs> Houston about it. But it just worked for me for whatever reason in my head. So um, yeah, yeah, you no. know, I'm sure I'll try it some at some point. But um, we kind of got a, got out of that a little bit. Um, Huh. but yeah that like like I said and, and that's crazy, you guys send you know I think you said five different high schools that you sent those yeah. kids to. I mean, why wouldn't a kid want to go play in a system where they can learn everything, and now they're really comfortable going wherever they need to go and and even if their high school is going to be three point run the ball all the time at least sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, they've had a lot of past they that when they go to a college camp they can. Remember back to, and their body can remember going through some of these past sets that helps them maybe at that next level with a camp or with a college visit or, or whatever that may be because their film may not show much of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. And even De La Salle uh, is, uh, you know, they're traveling, they're going, they're playing these Florida teams and Southern California teams, these Texas teams, they're all spread. And so they get into these battles and they get down a couple scores. Uh, there's not much they can do. So even 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 the La, the famed De La Salle coaches I've I've heard talking about how can we incorporate the spread a little bit more. So, hundred percent, man. It's it's pretty cool to to see all like I feel like we have a little bit of a of a cool, almost like an all star eighth grade team. Uh, that comes from you know not only our town we live in Danville but there's you know towns up to fifth. Like, there's a kid that was from Oakland last year that was on our team that's just a beast. And so he's coming from, you know, 20 minutes away to, to come play ball and, and to experience it. So, you know, I'm just glad that football is still, you know, capturing a lot of these kids' minds at this young age. You know, the numbers that have been going down over the last handful of years um, are starting to come back. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really, I really, really believe if we can spread the ball around to these kids, let more kids touch the ball, Instead of those running backs, and trust me, I was, a, I was one of those running backs in the eye getting the ball a lot back in the day, right? And I get, I get that, that that is a cool thing, but, you know, I just, I just want these numbers to come back. We have a lot of freshman teams in high school out here that are that just frosted off now and that those numbers are still bad. So, you know, I just – I really believe we can let these kids have the, the type of fun they're having on a seven-on-seven seven field with pads on. It'll bring, it'll bring more kids back to the game and fill our pipeline down here. But also, obviously, that, that you know, goes to the high school level as well.
2: Coach, I'm curious, too, you know, you know, being an offensive line guy now, uh, you know, what, what kind of run schemes you guys will do? And then, you know, do you guys maybe have some built-in, like, I mean, just super simple RPO stuff? You know, hey, there's open grass over here and, you know, flipping it out on a quick screen or a hitch or something like that. You know, maybe talk a little bit about how you guys – maybe start to teach some of those concepts to some of your eighth graders.
1: Yeah. So uh, I love both those questions. I want to make sure I answer both of them. So number one, our run plays uh, by far, our best run play was GT counter last year. Uh, If I have a favorite um, air raid team it's Oklahoma. And it's probably because they run GT counter so many different ways. Um, I've challenged myself this year to find more ways to run it because it just I mean, honestly, it's my favorite play, even with all the passing plays, it's still my favorite play of all the plays we run. Uh, so GT counter is huge for us out of split back or, um, or single back. Uh, we do have a version of power. We run a power fold, which is also a great, uh, a great play for us. Um, and then uh, we have, you know, we run fly, uh, fly sweep, but there's, there's really no, it doesn't take much to install that. So we consider our three runs GT counter, Power, powerful, depending on the defensive alignment. And then uh, we have a draw series. Uh, But with with the predominant five-man fronts, uh, we don't ever really use it. I only really want to pull that out against a four-man front. It just doesn't happen enough. So heavy, heavy GT counter. And then we'll run power quite a bit as well. Um, And then, yes, I mean, I love the gap schemes. I grew up in the gap schemes. That's what I know i don't i haven't taught inside or outside zone and i think it's just what i was talking about before it's just my lack of knowledge personally knowing it um i i know it's 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 a great scheme for high school college and uh and my niners you know obviously are are one of the, the shining examples of that and the pros still dominating yes, they are um with that but i just i just don't have the knowledge for it so the gap schemes is very much you know setting the tone we're coming at them we're telling our guys exactly who to back block or down block and we're just getting after it um rpos great question so uh first thing i want to do is just for myself so you guys out there listening uh i'm defining what i'm talking about because rpos as i've gone through this last two years of of deep dive into spread offense I, i i think people define them two different ways so the RPOs as I see them, a true RPO for me would be a quarterback in the middle of a handoff, right, riding that, that handoff and looking at a linebacker and deciding if that middle linebacker comes or sits, he'll, he'll hand off or throw the ball, right? Um, a lot of people I've come into contact with, you know, talk about RPOs, pre-snap RPOs, and, and you decide pre-snap what you're going to do. Um, so we did not do any true RPOs in, in my mind, the, uh, true RPOs where he's deciding literally as he's writing. Uh, we did practice it. I, I wanted, I had, I had the quarterback. I think he could have handled it. I, I was just so new in my coaching journey. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that we did our core plays great. And then if we, you know, if we got into a situation where I could pull it out in a game, we, we would, uh, I did not. Uh, this year we are heading into the season we're gonna combine pre-snap RPOs. We're gonna combine GT counter and our bubble screen. We do a pedal screen. Um, so we're gonna look, we're gonna come up to line of scrimmage. The quarterback's gonna see if he is, if our three receivers to the right, uh, if we're three on two out there and we have numbers, we're gonna throw it out there. But the linemen and the, and the running backs are gonna run GT counter. Uh, if we come up the line and they're three on three out there, uh, the quarterback's just going to turn the running back and say you you, and he's going to he's going to run GT counter and just hand the ball uh, to that. So we are going to do pre snap RPOs, and a lot of people probably out there are yelling at me because that you know some people don't think that's the thing, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm going to define it that way for us. But I do think that these kids could handle the, the true RPOs, deciding on the fly. Um, I just kind of chickened out to be quite honest We, the things we were doing, were being successful. So, you know, I don't want to throw a play that I don't know if it's going to work when I can just run Y corner and there's no safety in that deep third and we throw a touchdown. Uh, but I do think they can handle it. Um, I did not do that yet though.
2: Coach. I love it, man. And, and all you guys listening, you just heard it there first, right? Gap schemes are still King.
1: Oh man. All day. <laughs> that GT counter. I don't know. Might be the prettiest playing football when that thing pops it's just i
0: love it it's really really fun to watch oklahoma do it and obviously we've we've been bombarded with with clips here in oklahoma of oklahoma running it but um it's really cool and it's fun to watch all the different ways that they can um you know slow down that backside defensive end the ways that they can throw off of it um the the entrances for the tailback or for the quarterback to run uh, the, you know, quarterback counter or tailback counter across or same side. And, and now even, you know, and, and it's getting a little more popular, but then locking that front side to so their base GT and having guard and the tackle wrap for the linebackers if there's an end that likes to squeeze heavy. Um, it, it really yeah. could be – I haven't seen GT in a long time at the college level because of all the air raid stuff. Um, and for them to form that into their offense and see how many different ways they can run it has been really cool. Yeah,
1: no, totally agree. And, you know, it's, it's inside zone or or nothing. It seems like, you know, those most air raid teams, you know, I, I, you guys have probably heard the common joke, you know, air raid teams run on the field and, and off the field, and that's about it. But, I, you know, I still believe. And I, I, if I coached high school, and one day I hope to, and, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to always be in youth. And I think it's been great to get back into it this way. And I just want to help as many coaches as possible while I'm here. But, you know, I'm excited about going to high school because you can, you can kind of counter punch that way, the way that they're doing it and using it that way. And I I would still be a GT heavy uh, coach at at any level. Um, I just, you know, I love the idea of spreading the ball around. So that's great. And, you know, most of these coaches that are researching spread like me, Probably found it interesting that the whole the whole reason spread was was even created was to just even out the box numbers, right? And just just open it up a little bit in there because the guy before me that was in this position, one of our first times I took him out for a beer before I broke it to him that he wouldn't be calling the split back beer next year uh, for us. You know, one of my first things that I wanted to 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 get in it in his head was was just that like we're gonna run the ball, we're gonna run it hard. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Um, we're just gonna kind of, we're gonna spread the ball around so more people get it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, I I just love I love running the ball. That's never gonna go away. The kids need to know how to do that heading into high school. Um, but just like the other air raid plays, if we can get great at our three run plays, just like we're gonna get great at our five pass plays, you know, if all you're doing is upping the chances that you're gonna be successful on the actual game day.
0: So, coach, with with all the the Seven-on-seven seven leagues, and I don't know if this is jumping completely out of what you guys do, but with some of the seven-on-seven seven leagues that I know is in Texas, I mean, they're running seven-on-seven seven leagues all off season. it seems like, um, at the high school level. Are you guys also a part of seven-on-seven seven leagues um, with the T-Birds that is with those same kids in the off season, uh, Or do they go to other people? Or is that not even around for – Um, You know, fifth through eighth grade. I gotta assume it is. If there's also flag football, how does that work? Are you guys looking into that? What's what's the landscape of that right now?
1: Yeah, there's that's a great question. So seven on seven is huge out here in high schools. Um, It is starting to get down to the to the middle school level. Um, There there are a couple dominant just because they've been around for a long time. Dominant seven on seven organizations out here that have done really well in high school here, and then. They have teams now representing at the middle school level. T-Birds is forming that as we speak. We actually started having a spring ball, and that was going to bleed into seven-on-seven seven tournaments, where we would just be teaching those middle school guys air raid year-round, essentially, if they wanted to learn it. Um, so that is definitely something that we're moving toward, and we were going to start this uh, <laughs> this spring um, and this summer. Unfortunately, we didn't weren't able to do that, but um, but yeah. So you know, we're not. We're not at the level yet where we can do it through T-Birds, uh, but we are definitely going to start, and uh, it's, it's big out here. I mean, these, these kids travel throughout the country, as you guys know, in the offseason to play seven on seven. So, yes, we want to continue uh, to reinforce our offense and obviously continue to, to grow T-Birds. So that's something we're going to offer for sure moving forward.
2: Coach, I'm curious, you know, everybody that does usually run the air raid, they have some form of, of tempo offense that they can run with it. So I'm kind of curious as to, you know, have you guys done some of that? Do you have a small package that you guys will run fast? You know, what's your philosophy for uh, the T-Birds and kind of running some, some tempo and things that can go fast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, admittedly so, the first game or two of the season, we, we did huddle. Uh, which I know is uh, blasphemy for, for air raid teams. Um, <laughs> we practiced, we practiced uh, no huddle, the all of camp and we felt comfortable doing it. I, after some, some trial and error and, and doing our NASCAR package, the first couple games where just in spots, we would just call out NASCAR and it was just one or two plays, depending on the defensive alignment, they'd run up to the ball, run the one or those two plays and go. Um, That was kind of spotted in the first couple games just to see. I wanted to see how they would react. Uh, The wristbands weren't doing great when I was trying to call the play slowly with the wristbands. So we ditched that uh, in the third game, went hand signals. And uh, I wouldn't say that we were going breakneck, uh, no huddle. uh, But it was more like, you know, run a play, um, get to the line of scrimmage. Everyone kind of gets set. Then in unison, look back to the coach, which was me. I signal in, you know, why stick? And then we're off to the races. So it wasn't break by the third game of the season, we were doing no huddle. It just wasn't like breakneck speeds. Um, But yes, I do think um, going with playing with tempo is definitely a part of this. Um, These kids see it all day, every day on a Saturday when they're watching their favorite college teams. Um, I think it's important to let them feel like they're they're playing that style of ball. And uh, there's no doubt that these kids can handle it. So Um, we're going to try to go faster next year, maybe do a few more NASCAR packages that, that make it uh, a little quicker even. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where we ended the season by kind of just hand signaling in our core plays and and not really huddling. Um, and hopefully we can, we can, you know, expand on that this next year, um, and go even faster. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about where we are with that because it's, it's definitely part of running uh, the air raid.
0: How does that work as far as teaching your, your kids the different um, signals? Are you, you know, and and maybe you don't want to get into it too specifically, obviously, but I, I know there's a lot of different air raid ways to do it. I mean, when I was at Houston, it was signal everything to the quarterback. He signals everything to everybody. It's like you said, I've seen wristbands. I've seen, um, you know, there's three different signalers, one for the skill guys, one for the quarterback, one for the linemen. Um, in general how are you guys getting that in but but even more how are you teaching that how are you coaching all these you know not all these but some of your different signals that you're giving to your kids because that's that's a part of it is them knowing that
1: yeah so 100 as we kind of go back to the theme of practice our team drills uh we we call the plays like that in in practice uh so the kids can get used to it Um, another great thing about having a small playbook is I only have to come up with hand signals for, (laughs) for five plays or 11, I mean, truly 11 plays, uh, in the end. So, you know, we're, we're practicing it, uh, how we call it, especially in the team drill, the last 30 minutes, you know, we do, we do the bandit drill, which is a legendary air raid drill where you're just going fast, running, running plays as fast as possible. Um, so we're we're signaling in that way through practice, so they get to used to it. But yeah, I mean, literally, it's it's me signaling in, Y stick, and that's it. And so the O line already knows we only have one pass set for a quick game and drop back game. It's exactly the same. Um, they know their 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 pass setting, uh, and with that signal, everyone on the field knows exactly what to do. So. Um, I tried, I, I wanted so bad to get those big cards with like elephants and Jose Canseco's face and, and just random stuff and, just mess <laughs> That's with people right. and maybe throw some, some funny pictures at the parents that they would know. But, um, in the end, you know, wanting to just keep it simple, um, and just building on that theme of, of how simple this offense is to set up and run with the right practice uh, we, we kept it the same with the hand signaling so literally run up to the line everyone gets set quarterback claps his hand then everyone looks back at me it's a quick two symbols and go so that obviously doesn't encapsulate plays where we want to do motion um, those plays there's a few plays that we really want to do some motion um, we'll we'll kind of one word those plays where like our shallow package when we go two by two and run shallow they know without me even saying we're gonna we're gonna motion that h across so it could be a three by one set but we don't run shallow without that happening so it's you know there's some plays that it's a one play one word and they know exactly what to do Uh, we keep those to a minimum so we don't overdo it with them having to like literally memorize the whole playbook Uh, but in general this is such a small playbook we only have three formations. We have split-back, two-back, uh, shotgun. We have two-by-twos and three-by-ones. We run all of our plays from those three formations. And so, you know, I, I don't know if it could be much more simple than that as far as, like, the stuff that they're learning. Um, it's just more about, you know, them just getting comfortable with it through camp as quickly as possible.
0: Well, Coach, kind of rolling up now on an hour. Uh, but but the thing that, uh, you know, I always like to ask guys before we let them go is, is you know, when you're watching other teams play, uh, and you're watching their offensive line, what's some things that their offensive line would be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach?
1: Yeah, I think especially at this level, it is a it is a dead giveaway just the way that they align, um, and I think it's it's pretty obvious at that point uh, if they're if they're being coached up. But obviously, you know, the way they fire off the ball, most most youth teams we play are in. And the wedge formation, three fullbacks, and it's a wildcat off tackle left and a wildcat off tackle left right. Um, and so, really, it's about is this O line coming off the ball and firing into our defensive linemen to to create space? Um, I think that just intentionality of it, I can tell if they're coached up, if they're doing that, or if they're just kind of like loafing off the ball or not. So, you know, for me, it's just all about that that first kind of explosion and that's kind of what we look for first to see you know obviously if they're coached up well and then of course every team no matter what level you have has their dogs right you want to obviously pinpoint those guys that are that are going to maybe give you some give you some fits so you've got to combat that but yeah just the get off is what I love to kind of start with for sure
0: well coach before before you go I know you've you've mentioned you know the round table and some different things you're doing but first that we obviously know about but for some coaches, maybe that haven't heard yet uh, or, or don't know about some of the things you're doing, um, you know, kind of plug some of that so these coaches can get plugged in and they can get, um, you know, some more information.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. It's it's really great. I mean, honestly, I felt compelled to put together this. There's a literally ten part middle school air raid. It's called series. Now, I, I created a website, Air Raid Warden dot com to house the, the videos. They're on YouTube. My coach Lasker at you on my on YouTube is at coach Lasker. All the videos are on both. They're completely free. There's, we're not trying to make money off this uh, air raid warden is good because we, we, I have my three day install plan uh, downloadable on the website. You can't really do that on YouTube. So there's like practice plans and three day install plans and other coaches are putting their stuff on there and this file sharing part of our website. So not only am I going to put my stuff on there, but other coaches who have good ideas do it. So airraidwarden.com is what the, probably the best place to get everything. Uh, Our YouTube channel, coach Lasker uh, has it all on there. Our round tables, literally every, every other Monday we get on a national round table and just talk ball with other middle school and youth coaches uh, that are, that are loving ball. And so, yeah, I mean, just my last plug, you know, I, like I said, we are not trying to make money off this. I just want to help these participation numbers for all of football get back up. I am extremely confident that if if more of these kids can touch the ball and and we can throw the ball to to multiple kids on on a on a field, um, it will bring those numbers back up for everyone. So I just want to give coaches the ability if they have the if they are questioning, do I want to run spread, and they've never done it before, they can go here watch these videos one through 10 and just have a baseline or if they're interested. And then also if you're a high school coach and you want your, and you want your uh, youth organization that feeds you to run the spread and they don't, this is also a way, you know, obviously you could, you could vet me, um, make sure that you, that you believe in what I'm doing. Uh, I am air raid certified. I have researched this. I fell asleep listening to, (laughs) <laughs> to these videos last year. Um, so I feel like I've, I've done my research before I put it out there, but uh, we just want to give coaches the ability if they don't know how to run air raid or spread in general, here's an option. You can do it. It's all there for you. And we just want to help youth football survive. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of States where that might not be happening. Uh, so we want to just help youth football survive. And, and it's such a great game so different than any other sports especially in youth there's not many sports where you physically get get challenged and have to respond and and youth football for me is such a great teaching tool because of that uh that that you know i love baseball i'm a baseball fan i got the giants in the background of my screen right now um i love basketball but football is just such a unique sport for teaching um that we just want to make sure that, you know, youth football stays strong and hopefully gets back to the numbers that we knew when we were kids, guys. That's the biggest thing.
2: Coach, man, love it. Love that you're giving back. Love what you're doing. You know, love the interview and, and uh, the guys here at, at run the power and the, the guys that, you know, we talk to, we're, we're going to help you out too, man. So anything we can do to promote it, anything we can do to, to grow the game and, and make it more fun and make those numbers go back. You better believe that, that we're all on board, man. So we appreciate you coming on.
1: No, thank you guys for the platform. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of what you guys do, and, and it shows that there are coaches. The amount of people that listen to you guys show that there's coaches out there that are that are hungry for knowledge, hungry to share, you know, their experiences and, and learn from each other. And more importantly, it's a it's a unique community, you know, uh, American football is. So uh, appreciate all you guys, what you guys do, and and thanks again for for letting me come on and talk a little middle school air raid with you guys.